Aloha from beautiful sunny Oahu. I just got done with my first exam in person after a year and a half with everything going on. Uh, that was pretty crazy getting back into the classroom with all my classmates, uh, socially distancing of course, and just kind of like excelling in what we're all passionate about. Uh, but like I said, you know, COVID's been a crazy year. It's definitely been a year of development for myself and everyone around me. And it's been a very eye-opening year. Um, I've noticed things that I probably would have noticed, not noticed if I wouldn't have taken that time to slow down. And I'd been given something that I haven't had for the past 15 years being an athlete, and that is free time. And so I did a lot in my free time. I went back to Spokane, Washington, Spent a lot of free time with my parents. It was the first time me, my two brothers, and my parents were together for over two weeks in the past seven years almost. So that was incredible. But being home was a huge eye-opener to a lot of things and a lot of changes that have happened in my life. How my life has changed, how I've turned myself around as a young individual in the community, as an athlete, as a person, a son, boyfriend, everything, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share a couple things that have helped me throughout the years become the person I am today. Uh, my parents are definitely a huge factor of that. They sent a great foundation for me and my brothers uh, to put us in a position to be our best selves. But you're never satisfied with who you are and you always try to improve. That's the first goal right there is you should never be satisfied with who you are today. And there's always something better to be working towards. Uh, that being said, especially when it comes to business as well, business aspects, sports aspect, uh, just individually, you as a person, we should all start with the question, why? Why do we want to improve ourselves? Why did I decide to wake up today and say, hey, I want to make this change in my life? Uh, and for a lot of people, that's completely different. When I decided to find my fitness journey and lose 40 pounds over a summer, uh, that was about three years ago. I came back to school and so many people were like, dude, oh my gosh, how did you do it? What motivated you? Uh, how did you stay so disciplined with it? And I'll always share my opinion on it, but at the same time, I can tell you everything I want about myself, but what I find interesting and what pushes me to be better will not always push you to be better. That's why the first question, whenever you're deciding to take a change into your life is, why am I making this change? And what's gonna keep me disciplined to wake up in the morning and do the tasks that I set out to task to do and to improve myself on. Um, that also being said, being a division one athlete, you deal with a lot of, Hey, am I going to play? Oh, but that outside hitter is better than me. I could be better at this. And early on in my career, I'd say my first three years, I kept blaming other people for my mistakes and my incapabilities. I kept blaming my coaches for not playing me. I thought I was way better than I was. And it wasn't until that summer where, you know, I kind of sat myself down and I was like, okay, am I, do I really deserve to be where I am? And the question of that was, the answer to that, I guess, was yes. I wasn't putting in the effort to be a starting, uh, having a starting role on the team. I wasn't in the best shape to be able to put my team forward to win a national championship. I just wasn't at my best. So that's what motivated me 
going into that summer to like excel fitness uh physically was i knew that i didn't want to be another person that just ran through the team i knew that i didn't just want to be a bench warmer for the five years that i was at the university of hawaii so i kind of set out that goal i opened up a journal and i wrote on the first page all my goals that i wanted to hit by the end of the summer the first one was touching 11.6 and thankfully i actually achieved that goal that last day before i flew out to hawaii it was one of the greatest moments of my life just being able to like having a to-do list just being able to check that off that you know what i set out something to accomplish and i did it that within itself already boosts your confidence and then what i like to follow it up with is we all have individual quotes that we hear within our entire lifetime that always sit in the back of our head whenever we're doing anything one of my personal favorites was from this movie called coach carter who goes on to talk about it was this troubled kid he was cut off the team just for his attitude. He wasn't being his best in the gym. And he didn't like the new boundaries and the new rules that the coach has set for the team players because it had nothing to do with basketball. It had everything to do with attitude and discipline. So his attitude just wasn't great. The coach ended up kicking him off the team. He got into trouble in the streets and came back onto the team about a month later they ended up doing super good, but the coach would always ask him, Cruz, what is your deepest fear? And he never really understood it the entire season of him asking. He's like, Cruz, what's your deepest fear? So the last game, he asked him again, and he's like, Cruz, what is your deepest fear? And he just replied, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measures. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. You playing small does not serve the world around you. There's nothing in line about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. It's not in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated by our own fears. And that one hit home. The first time I ever heard that quote, I was 12 years old. And I didn't really understand it. And it's a pretty long one. Um, but I went to my mom and I was like, Ma, what does this really mean? <laughs> and she, to explain it briefly, it's essentially how we're in such a high fast-paced society where we are so scared about what other people are going to think about us that we tend to shrink ourselves and we don't let what our skills and our assets shine and when we shrink ourselves we're not maximizing everyone's potential around us like we always say in sports like you are only as good as your weakest link so when everyone shrinks that link becomes a lot weaker so as one person shines out in what they're good at in their talent you're automatically telling everyone else around you that hey it's okay to step out of your comfort zone it's okay to push the boundaries so that's kind of like one quote that stuck with me my entire life and i was the kind of kid that when i got to college hey i just wanted to fit in i wanted to do what all the cool kids were doing i wanted to be a part of something but the crazy thing is why be a part of something if you could be the leader of something? And that's what the quote means to me. It's why am I just doing the bare minimum? Why am I not pushing myself and stepping outside of my comfort zone? That way I'm improving myself and hopefully I get other people to lead. This also brings me back to another point where I was sitting in class one day and we were talking about leadership and... It's pretty crazy to think that, you know what, it's not always the first person that starts something that is the actual leader. 
So let's say you're at a conf concert, festival, whatever you want to call it. And everyone's just kind of like with their little group, nodding their head to the music and everything. And then one person gets up, starts dancing in the middle of the dance floor. Everyone's looking at them awkwardly. They're like, I don't know if I should jump in and join. Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't. But that one person encourages another person to step in. Then that next person steps in. They're all having a blast. And then it automatically makes everyone else around them a little more comfortable to be like, hey, that looks like super fun. Why don't we all go join? So everything that I'm saying right now has to do with stepping out of your comfort zone. And I have this theory that I thought of during COVID and I've thought about it throughout my entire life because I grew up on a little island near Greece. It's called Cyprus. I moved to Huntington Beach, California, my senior year of high school. And that transition was insane. I had a complete culture shock. I was young. I didn't get to graduate with every friend that I pretty much grew up with. And I went into a new senior class where everyone had their friend groups. And I'm like, okay, do I just sit in this corner and just kind of shrivel and shrink and I don't really make any effort to make friends or anything? Or do I make something of myself at this school? The answer is I shriveled, I shrunk, and I didn't do anything. Looking back on it, I wish I would have done so much stuff differently. But I'm glad it happened because when I got to college, that wasn't the story. And this got me thinking and it was, okay, why was I so scared then? And why was I okay with it in college? And that's because I finally accepted that my life had changed so much. And the problem that I was having in Huntington was I kept comparing what I was so used to. I kept comparing my friends back home. I kept comparing the food from back home. I kept comparing the areas from back home, what I was allowed to do back home to everything that I was allowed to do in Huntington. Essentially that shuts you off already because you're not optimistic going into everything. You're already going in with an expectation and a judgment. So my life in Huntington was the worst. I, it's crazy to think that you moved to one of the most beautiful places in the world. People that dream of going there. I was 45 minutes away from Hollywood, uh, Rodeo Drive, celebrities just driving up and down the streets all the time. And I just didn't enjoy myself. But the reason was because I shrunk. I didn't allow myself to grow. I didn't allow myself to learn anything new. Uh, and so I went to college and I'm kind of told myself, made the promise to myself that, Hey, we're going to stop this. We're going to be a lot more open to different things. We're going to be a lot more open to change. And it kind of comes back to the whole comfort zone thing is when we live our life with what we're used to, we just stay in that little bubble and we don't really excel. But when we're allowing ourselves to accept that change, scary or not, then the world becomes such a much more beautiful place. And you just excel as a person because you learn something new. And then a lot of people, especially nowadays, they don't want to accept that change because they don't know what's going to come with it. And maybe they'll accept it for one week, two weeks, maybe a month. And then they start to see these little changes in their life happening and they don't like it. So they step back into that comfort zone. But is that really allowing you to grow as a person and find out new things about yourself and the answer is completely not that's why i like using the word change rather than comfort zone because it eases people a little more into it instead of hey this isn't something that you're not comfortable with this is just something different it's just a change in your life that you're gonna make and hey if it's not what you want if it's not the outcome you're gonna get you took five steps up there 
and you definitely learned something. You know, you added a new skill set to your toolbox. That way, when you step back into your comfort zone and then another opportunity comes and you step out of it again, you have all these new tools from that last time that you can excel in and maybe get a step further. And the more we do that, we're already taking bigger steps towards our goal. And a lot of people, especially nowadays, we think that, hey, I took two steps forward, but I ended up taking one step backwards. That sounds terrible. Everything has to do with wording nowadays. Instead of, hey, I took two steps forward and one step backwards, why not? I made a change in my life. I didn't succeed, but you know what? I learned so much from that experience that now I'm ready to tackle the next one. And that's why I think the more open you are to change in your life, in your business, in an opportunity, the way more successful you're gonna be. The more optimistic you are about it, the way more successful you're gonna be. When you go into something with an expectation, you're already setting yourself up for failure. I moved to Huntington with the expectation that my life was gonna be great. And what did that do? I had such a high expectation for that place. I had such a high expectation for the people that when the people didn't meet it, I was that much more disappointed. But had I gone into that experience open-minded, not knowing what I was about to experience, not comparing it to my friends back home, not comparing the areas to the areas that I was used to, I would have seen it in such a different light. And I do kick myself in the head till this day about it because I wish I would have made those connections. I wish I would have experienced a lot more. But at the same time, I'm glad it happened. That way I could share it with people all over the world who are scared. And it's okay to be scared, but it's way better to be able to accept change. Um, fear, kind of like in that quote, fear, it's not always a, what would you call it? Sorry, I might be doing this a lot during my talk because I mix up my words from Greek to English, um, but it's not always an object. You know, like we have fear of spiders, we have fear of drowning, we have fear of this. Sometimes our fears can be super subconscious and those are the, most scary ones because you can't see them and that goes back to what we're trying to do with our app off the court is how can we um, practice our brains first of all to accept those fears and then second of all accept them that's the other part that brings me to my next point which is do you really understand where you are in space but also mentally do you really understand where your skill set lies right now as opposed to where you think it is can you make that difference and are you willing to accept yourself that hey maybe i'm not as good as i am and maybe i do need to work on a lot of things that was a huge talk that i had to have with myself when i decided to make my fitness change and i was like i thought i was in such better shape than i was little did i know after my first workout i was in such bad shape that i was like okay maybe we do need to change it buddy uh, so I accepted that change. I accepted that, hey, you know what? Today, I'm not good. But in a week, I'm going to be better if I keep working at it. In a month, I'm going to be one step closer to my goal. And maybe in two or three months, if I keep going at it, I will be where I want to be instead of pretending where I want to be. And just to give you guys perspective on it from an athlete standpoint, accepting your role on a team is very crucial because when your role is not fulfilled, then there's something missing. So I didn't want to accept that I was a bench warmer. I didn't want to accept that I was on the sideline cheering on, being the energy guy on the team, you know? 
But once I accepted that role and once I accepted what it was for, I just took it and I ran with it. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to be the best cheerleader on the team until I can prove my coaches that I'm way more than that. But till I get to that point, I'm going to rock it 100%. Let me just pull out my notes because I just want to make sure I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss anything. And how you can excel in that role is there's certain things in life that you do not need skill for. And we always talk about this within athletics. And the first thing is showing up to practice 100%. In business aspects, that's when you sit down and do work, you're focused on it 100%. You're not thinking about anything else. Then the second thing that ties in with is discipline. I'm disciplined enough that, hey, I know I have practice tomorrow. I'm going to take care of my body the night before. That way I could be 100% physically and mentally at practice. The next thing is, and the easiest, and it's kind of crazy because I actually encountered this with one of my teammates the other day, and that's just being on time. It is not hard to be on time. I understand for kids sometimes, parents can be busy, and maybe they ran late from a meeting, they're not going to get their kid to practice on time. That's fine, but you know, you as an individual, knowing that you did everything in your power to be 15 minutes earlier than you should have been, is one of the greatest assets you can ever do in life. That way, you are not stressing already and creating more mental stress, getting to practice, worrying, am I going to have to do a punishment, worrying, what is my coach going to think about me because I was late, worrying about what the interviewer, let's say, in a business meeting is going to think because I showed up late. You're never worried about that, and that doesn't cause you more stress by just being on time. That's one of the things that I've always carried throughout my entire life was whatever I do, no matter what it is, practice. Uh, right now I'm working in the training room at UH with a football team, whether it's going to work, whether it's working at UFC as a personal trainer, which I also do, whether it's even coming home sometimes on time where I have to promise my girlfriend I'm gonna be home at this point, you know, like they can get really mad if you don't show up when you tell them to, but that's fine. But even those little things, just showing up on time and giving it your all to do that, that can make such a huge difference. And in life, if there's one thing that we all need more of and we'll never get back and is irreplaceable is time. So being time manageable in order to get all your goals done and being on time is super crucial. Then taking care of your responsibilities. I'm going to get very personal and say that I was not the most responsible freshman, sophomore, and junior on our team. Um, I put off a lot of things. I procrastinated. I did the bare minimum just to get by. And I kind of realized, hey, I'm wasting so much time where I could be improving myself that I'd rather be lazy and not. So taking care of your responsibilities and just setting out an entire schedule of your day and we hear about all these successful people there's some people that time out their daily schedule in five minute increments to me that's a little excessive um but you know what i do embrace and i have to applaud all those people that you know what hourly they are setting their goals throughout their entire day and making sure that okay at nine o'clock i'm going to be at work from nine o'clock to ten o'clock I'm gonna work, in my example, on statistics. From 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, I'm gonna work on my homework. Then I have to be back in the training room, so I gotta make sure that I have enough time to get there. And just planning out your day can make you way, way, way less stress-free, 
which is very important, especially when you're doing any kind of task, you want to be 100% focused on it. And when you're worrying about rushing to get there, you're, first of all, your heart rate already pounding and you're worried about it. And then second of all, your mind is probably breezing somewhere else while you're there and you're worried about, oh, what is everyone around thinking about me? Um, so taking care of your responsibilities. And then for me, the one that I've always just tried to take into account because I knew I was never the greatest volleyball player is going the extra mile whenever you can. We do a lot of volunteer work at the University of Hawaii in the community. Uh, we do the Christmas parade. We help out with a lot of food shelters, food banks. And in the five years that I've been at Hawaii, I've never missed one. First of all, just because I love giving back to the community and everything, but at the same time, it also looks good. Um, you're trying to impress your coach. You're trying to impress your boss. Do something that they don't ask of you. Shag a ball before the coach tells you to shag. Um, just go the extra mile. Don't just set, be okay with the bare minimum and just getting by. This goes back to even studying. Our coach always told us like, Hey, why do you have a C in this class? He's like, oh, and we all love to come up with these excuses and be like, oh, you know, I didn't have time for this. And no, no, my teacher's just a hard grader. And he would turn around to us and just be like, no, it's because you put C effort work. And that's another thing that I've carried outside of the classroom, outside of volleyball and just into my daily life is you are going to get back what you put and for me i'm pretty spiritual as well and it's just kind of like the energy you give out in the world is the energy that's going to come back and bounce back to you um so just going that extra mile to take care of things and open up a little more free time for just yourself that's another important thing that i've learned during covid was i like to have a day in the week just to myself in order to recoup in order to think about how my week went in order to think about what i could have done better and honestly, for me, a lot of it's just taking that mental break from just everything. But I know that after that day is over, I am back at it 100%. Uh, and rest is super important, mental rest and physical. We always see that a lot of athletes tend to overwork themselves and they burn out. It's the same thing with your brain. If you're overworking yourself constantly, 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 and you're working, I'm gonna use the very cheesy phrase, uh, way harder and not smarter that you're not benefiting a lot out of it we tend to think that the more work I put in the better outcome I'm going to have but it's no the more disciplined and the more specific work you put in the better outcome you're going to have and the more free time you're going to open up to yourself to be able to do other things uh, we find ourselves a lot especially even me when I'm studying I'm distracted I have my phone next to me I'm thinking about something that might have bothered me the other day uh, I'm thinking about, hey, I'm hungry. What am I going to eat later? You know, and just taking that time and really just zoning out and focusing on your task and focusing on what you are working on is very important. But how can you do that if you don't take care of the things that you're thinking about already? That's why I like to use that one day and be like, okay, what bothered me this week? How am I going to take care of it? Was it some kind of issue that I had with a friend of mine? I'm going to sit out, talk about it, and I'm going to be way better off not thinking about it for the next month and letting all these things bobble in and then maybe exploding one day. So just taking care of everything that you need to take care of and everything that you have control over. You can't expect something to happen that's out of your control. The only way you can work at it is getting better at what you can control. 
And that brings me to my next point is how do we get better? And I've always had, sorry, these are my notes. I'm not looking at text. <laughs> so I've always had, I've always been the kid to constantly ask questions. And a lot of people find it annoying, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm just going to pick your brain because I know you're professional at what you do. So if I don't pick your brain in the one hour that I have with you, how am I going to excel as a person? And I was always the kid in the classroom where it might sound like a dumb question to everyone else. And sometimes it was, but you know what? I at least learned something and I learned that, Hey, maybe I was wrong. And I finally found out the new answer. So going into everything that you do as if you don't know anything is super important to me. And I think always helps people excel in what they're doing and what they're trying to master. I don't ever go into anything. And I also get pretty insecure about, hey, a lot of my classmates are super smart. Um, so sometimes I do catch myself feeling volatile and just kind of like scared to ask questions, but I'm just like, you know what? We're all here to learn. So how are we gonna learn if we're not asking questions about things that we're unsure of? Um, so to me, I always love the phrase, there's no such thing as a dumb question and going into everything in life open-minded and not thinking that you know it all because I kind of brought up the example that if you go into a meeting, if you go into a seminar acting as if you know it all and you're not really paying attention, you're not really asking questions, you're going to leave out of that seminar one of the dumbest people because everyone else that did say and ask questions had actually learned something new and added to their toolbox. So asking questions will help master everything. I've always been one and I talk a lot and probably why I ask a lot of questions. It just keeps the conversation going as well. And so I'm never afraid to ask any kind of question as dumb as it can sound sometimes. You know what? The worst thing you're going to get is a laugh out of it. People will never think you're stupid. At least smart people will never think you're stupid about asking any kind of question. And that's one thing that I've learned. Um, working in PTA clinics, working as a student athlete, working in the training room, working as an athlete, constantly asking and picking my coaches brains who've done this for eight years and maybe me potentially going into coaching one day. I just try to add as many tools to my toolbox as possible. Um, we already talked about accepting where you are in the moment and just taking advantage of it until you can excel and take that uh, further step. Uh, my last point for today, because I'm not going to spill all my secrets, it's what brings people back. You know, I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. I hope you guys want to come back and hear more about all the things that I have to say. But it kind of ties in with what we're working on with off the court is mental strength will lead to performance strength. And what I mean by that is when you finally self-mastered everything that you can do physically and task-wise, and I'm just going to give the analogy of athletes in this, in this example. We see in the NBA, we see in the NFL, shout out Tom Brady, um, finally accepted that he is the GOAT of the GOAT of the GOAT. Um, but we see at the professional level, it's not the physical, how physical people are that separate them from everyone that's around them. Let's be honest, there's people way bigger than LeBron. There's people much bigger than Steph Curry. Uh, I don't know football too much because I never grew up with it, so I can't give examples with football. Um, but even in volleyball, it's not always the biggest guy that's the best. But what separates those people that were great? What separated Michael Jordan? What's separating Steph Curry in the league right now? What's separating LeBron James in the league right now? 
And that is their mental toughness. They know how good they are and they won't let anyone shut them down. No matter what anyone says, no matter how much hatred they get on the internet, they know that when they step onto that court, it is me and I'm gonna prove all those people wrong. And that does come with mental practice. And yoga was something that I um, found to help immensely with my mental health and just working on my mental game and just realizing okay where am i mentally compared to physically do i need to take a little more time out of the gym and put it into working on how i can excel with my mental game and in different game situations in my everyday life can i handle situations better and how do i work on that to me what i found very helpful was a lot of reading um there's this one book that really stood out to me and it's called body mind mastering and one of the examples in that book that really stood out to me which truly shows that mental toughness will lead to great performance is they gave an example about a person walking across a two by four plank. And let's say that two by four plank is just on the ground, two inches off, two inches off the street. Could you walk across it? Most people will answer, yeah, it's easy, super easy. You know, it's only two inches off the ground. There's nothing around me. I can do it perfectly fine. Now, let's get that same plank. Let's raise it 20 feet off the ground over an entire pool of crocodiles. Will you be able to cross the plank? Most people would be terrified and say, no, there's no way I can cross it. But the crazy thing is, that is the exact same plank that was on the ground. So what is stopping you from crossing that plank? And that's because we mentally freak out about our surroundings and our environment. But the better you can shut that down it's that same old plank, you know? And for athletes, it's the same thing with practice and game time. And this one thing that I really needed to work on because whenever I'd step into a game, I'd get really, really nervous because the surrounding was different, people were watching, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to impress everyone on TV. I'm trying to impress all our fans at the games. And I had to learn how to shut that off. So once I heard that quote, I started working on it. I started acting and picturing. When I was in a game, I chose people across the net and I was like you're this teammate of mine you're this teammate of mine you're this teammate of mine and you in the back you're that one and I just compared it to something that I was pretty comfortable with and it took work and just like everything in life it doesn't happen overnight I had to work at it and I really had to dial in and focus on it until I actually got really really good at it and I got to the point where I'll never forget this my last ever game was we were ranked number one, BYU was ranked number two, we were playing them at home. We, it was a sold out crowd of 10,500 people in the newly simplified Stan Sheriff Arena. Uh, and the environment, the energy in that stadium was unbeatable. It was unlike anything I've ever heard or seen before. Uh, if we had an amplifier in there, I would be very curious to see how high that was because it was just so loud. But my last ever serve competing, I'll never forget, I got so good at shutting around my surroundings that all the screaming, all the clapping that was going on, I managed to turn it out so well that it just became a blurred vision and just a blurred sound. I felt like I was just out of practice with my teammates and I felt comfortable enough that I went into the game 
and I could perform at my best because I put myself mentally in a position that I knew that I could work very well. Uh, so that's my mental toughness leads to mental performance and it's something we all forget about to do and we all forget about taking care of ourselves. Uh, and what brought light to that was I was working in a PT clinic. It's called U District, one of my favorite places I've ever been in as a employee, but also as a um, patient because I suffered a couple back issues that they helped me out with. Um, just super friendly atmosphere and everything. And I was helping with some treatment on this elderly lady and she turns around to me and she's just like, James, you know what's super sad? I was like, what's sad? She's like, we all take care of our bodies. We all go to the gym to work out, to lose some weight, to get stronger. We all come and seek physical therapy whenever we get injured. But none of us really work on our mental strength and none of us really work at our mental game. And that really clicked for me. And I was like, you know what? That is so true. And I took it in the perspective of, hey, okay, maybe we're not all in need of professional help with our mental health. But the way that I took it and kind of put a twist on it was when I was at practice as an athlete and I was going through the reps, I was going through the motions, whenever I was doing homework and I was frustrated with a, with a question or with a equation that I had to solve for math, I never really stepped back to think about how I was dealing with that question or how I was doing, performing poorly mentally and how would I have acknowledged a little more how my mental game was in that moment and being able to switch my mental game? How would have that affected my performance? And I can pretty much assure you 90% of the time, if you are able to switch your mentality in that moment when things are not going as good for you, they are going to help excel your performance as well. So we're seeing that right now mental health is a very big issue in the United States and a lot of us are starting to realize with COVID, hey, maybe we're not taking care of ourselves and not really taking the time to do things that we enjoy, but that is such an important thing to success. Hey, <laughs> let's hear it. Yeah, so, um, tough question, not gonna lie. But this is something that I've endured on my own as well because for the past five years, I've been known as James Anastasiadis, the UH volleyball player. So when I was given the opportunity to come back and take my COVID year, I thought on it for months and even when I made the decision not to come back and be an athlete, I wasn't sure whether that decision was the right one, I would say, or whether I was ready for it. I guess I was ready for it is the better way to put it. Um, but that's the thing in life where it goes back to our comfort zone. And we had been so comfortable with who we were for the past five years that all of a sudden that got stripped. Everything changed. I already talked about change again as well. It all ties back into everything that I've talked about today and is I was okay with 
accepting how my life was about to change, not being an athlete, not working out five, five hours a day anymore, not being on TV every weekend, not being, I guess you could say the center of attention. But for me, I guess I was okay with it because I was okay with who I am. Um, and even until this day, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't miss being a Division One athlete. I, I still am around the guys. I go to practice. I'm managing the team this year. I take their statistics and everything, and it's really hard to be there sometimes and not want to jump in and be a part of that. But at the same time, I've just found other things that I never really had time for that I realize I truly enjoy. Um, COVID's been such a crazy, crazy, crazy year. And for me, gyms being closed, it took something away from me that I truly enjoyed and that also showed my identity. But we're all capable of so much more than we actually think that I feel like we tend to get really stuck in our comfortable positions and don't really understand that, hey, we might have extra skill sets. So my suggestion and advice would be go out and try something new. You never know where it's going to take you in life. Be able to accept that change that a lot of Americans and a lot of people all over the world are enduring right now. And that is their entire life, their entire identity just got stripped from them. And they really don't know where to start. But that's because for the past 10, 15, 20 years, they have been on this constant schedule, on this constant regime that automatically just got wiped. They're starting from ground zero. They have all this free time that they don't know what to do with. Um, and that's a big one for me was when I stopped being an athlete, my schedule really opened up until I started working five jobs almost. <laughs> um, but in that meantime where I had all this free time, my school was online, I was back home, I didn't really have anything to do. I wasn't working. I had all this free time. And I was, I, I caught myself early on in the beginning. I wasn't really doing anything with it because usually when I had free time, I'd spend it sleeping or relaxing because that's all athletes want to do. Um, but we got to realize that that free time just got expanded and we're not working towards our job. We're not working towards our goal. So maybe we need to start something else. And that goes back to setting that schedule and being, okay, hey, I'm gonna wake up in the morning and I'm actually gonna work at this new thing for a couple hours and see where it takes me. Um, getting your identity stripped from you is never fun. Um, but you also gotta know that there's more to you than your business and there's more to you than what other people know you for. For me, being home was really, 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 really awesome example of that because I was back home and I was my mother's and my father's son again. I wasn't that division one athlete that everyone looked up to. I was a creator, I love doing art, so I brought back that. Um, I set up my own gym. I didn't realize that I was actually pretty good at construction. I built my mom a she shed, we built a gate, we redid our entire backyard, bearded a fire pit, but that alone right there, that was like four other businesses I probably could have gone into uh, had I had the free time to actually excel in them, but then school came back. So, you know, there's so much more to who you are than what you've created for yourself so far. And you can't ever stop working on yourself. 
So my advice would be, hey, it's going to be okay, and you just got to keep pushing, and you got to find that new niche. Look forward to the future. Accept the change that we're all living. What's going to work? What is going to be the next big thing, and let me work at it. That would be my advice to that question. Uh, any more questions? I love questions. Loosen up. <laughs> nah. Um, tough question for me because I've never been one that was scared to be outgoing, but like I said, again, um, don't be scared. Be accepting of change. Put yourself out there. You never know who you're going to meet. My dad always told me this. He said that what is good to a person that knows everything, but can't tell anyone rather than someone that might not know as much but knows everyone and can share those little things that they know with and maybe those people that they all know can help them excel with it. So contacts, I'm not saying contacts are better than having knowledge, but contacts are a huge key in helping pursue what you do because you might meet someone that will help you just grow your new business or your new idea so just reaching out to as many people as possible because at the end of the day, you know what? I'm trying to work on a lot of uh, brand ambassador deals for my um, fitness account right now. And Gary V, one of my favorite influencers right now, who's just like, dude, you just gotta send out emails, send out texts, send out whatever you want because at the end of the day, out of the thousand emails, out of the thousand texts you send, it takes one response. So the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunity you're creating for yourself. And the way that I, I guess you could say, worked on it growing up was just being social and getting out of your comfort zone. A lot of situations could be super awkward, but at the same time, you start to realize that they're not as scary as they look. And the more you work at it, just like anything in life, the better you're going to get at it. So just start putting yourself out there and whether the beauty with technology and we see this a lot with younger generations is we find it so much easier talking behind a phone. We find it so much easier texting someone, emailing someone because you don't have to deal with that emotional uh, aspect of it. It's very bland. You can't really see what the other person's emotions are on the other side of the screen. So just start with that. Get good at conversation building. Get good at small talk. Get good at maybe stuff that you're not good at. And you can work at it through emails. And the nice thing with COVID is socially distance. You can do that a lot. So just putting yourself out there. Um, become part of something. Be um, What's it called? Like Become a part of a group. Become a part of a club. Find somewhere in your community where everyone's in the same situation. That way, it's way less awkward for everyone. Instead of trying to go somewhere where they've already established themselves, go into something that's starting up new. That way, everyone's in the same boat, no one knows each other, and it's gonna be way less awkward learning about everyone. Uh, so that would be my advice to that question is, 
find people that are in the same situation as you and try and build off of them until you can build the tool set where you know what i know where i stand right now i've worked at it it's time for me to take that next step yeah 50 wow I didn't think I was going to talk for that long. 